Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. So, I, I really love creative, creative people. I love, I love creativity. I love that sense of creativity. It, I think it's one of God's greatest blessings for humanity that we can create, that God can give us something and then we can start to make things out of it. We can start to speak the same thing in different ways and, you know, just depict it in different ways. I love that idea of creativity. I like the idea of being, of being able to take something, of being able to take a musical instrument and it's a given. There are fixed notes, but you can start to create sounds and create melodies and create songs and all of that. I love the idea of creativity. Creativity is that guy that only owns five pieces of clothing, but can use it in such a way that you really believe that he has so many. Do you get what I'm saying? You just know the right combinations and how did you get what I'm saying? Anybody here this morning? Creativity is when you walk into your kitchen and you can take the same thing. You can take beans and you can begin to transform it in different ways. You, you can do the akara, you can do the moi moi, you can do the, come on, keep giving it to me. You can do the bakery, you can do the ekuru, you can do the, keep, right, creativity. God, God didn't make akara, God just put beans, but human beings, God gave human beings creative juice. And so we can start to take the God ability and pull things out of what God has given to us. Creativity is Jesus walking down the roads and healing different people in different ways, speaking to one blind man, spitting on the ground for another, touching another. Creativity is doing the same thing by the same healing anointing in different ways. Creativity is the devil's ability to tell the same lie in many different ways, to deceive humanity for generations by telling the same simple lie and just causing people in many generations it's all creativity, creativity, creativity. Creativity is that your friend that can tell you the same story of the movie that you have also watched, but can tell it in such a way. <laughs> I'm feeling like I've not watched. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Of course, that's one or two things, but you get the point. Creativity, that's creativity. And today for a topic, I have a very simple question. My topic this morning is, are you ready to blow? Are you ready? ready to blow. Would you help me ask one or two people, say, are you ready to blow? Okay, let's do it better. Tell somebody around you, this year we will blow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, would you look to the screens for, for one minute? Let me show you something on the screens quickly. Twelve. Eleven. Start two, one, boost your mission and lift off of the space shuttle discovery, returning to the space station, paving the way for future missions There you go, thank you. Thank you. So all right. If you know anything about what that's like, that's like a space rocket taking off and, you know, just that creativity of humanity to be able to pull together out of God's resources and, you know, can just imagine launching a space rocket and this thing is basically leaving the earth and just being launched into space. That's awesome. You know, in January, January 31st, 1958, Explorer 1 was the first successfully launched satellite by the United States um, when it was sent to space. And um, there's a guy called Yuri Gagarin. 
He's from Soviet Union. In 19, um, he was the first human in space, basically. His vehicle, Vostok 1. I love this. Circled the earth at a speed. Circled the earth. Like, going to space and was circling the earth at a speed of, wait for it, 27,400 kilometers per hour. That is something, right? Your micro driver is going 60 kilometers per hour. You're telling him, stop, stop, stop. This is 27,400 kilometers per hour. That's huge, like, and all of that. And, um... It's amazing what human beings have been able to do, to do and create. It's layers and layers. Just think of what goes into that moment. It's layers and layers of science, of planning, of working together, of dreaming, of vision, of studying. It's layers and layers and layers. And then we come to that one big moment. Three, two, and the countdown has been on. And then we just get to that three, two, one. And boom, it's a big takeoff. It's a, it's a big blow. But on the flip side, this is what really intrigues me this morning. Do you know that the very same technology, basically the same technology that is used for space rockets, is also used for missiles? That same launching technology, that same um, technology that goes into building a space rocket, that goes into building something that is sent to space, is the same thing that is built into a missile to destroy, to destroy. So let me show you a picture of a ballistic missile. And there you go. Look at that. It's not going to space. It is targeted at enemies. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, this year, all your enemies. But it is targeted at enemies. Not going to fight any. It's, it's just it's destructive. If, if for a minute you think like an atomic bomb is destructive, right? If you think about the atomic bomb that was during World War II dropped on Hiroshima. Do you know that these longer-range ballistic missiles and various types of cruise missiles, they carry what they call nuclear warheads. They are capable of unleashing nuclear destruction upon targets across the world. These warheads, listen to this, are tens to hundreds of times more destructive than the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima, Hiroshima during World War II. It's crazy. Like, destructive. Destructive power. Do you see what I'm showing you today? That the same thing can be constructive and can be destructive. The same thing that can be going to space can be destroying. And this morning, as we think about that idea of being launched and that idea of God doing more and that idea of this being a big year and that sense of God launching us and propelling us, as we think about it this morning, I'm asking that as you blow, is it constructive or destructive? What if... What if that was you on that launch pad? What if that was you this morning, January the 8th, thinking about the year ahead and standing and waiting for God to launch you and waiting for a God push? What if that was you with all the investment and all the layers of what God can do? What if that was you standing on the launch pad this morning? What if that was you in the story of destiny and of all that God is unraveling? And I'm asking, you're blowing this morning and you're three, two, one, and here we go into a new year and here we go into all that's ahead. What if it was you standing there this morning and I'm asking, is it constructive or is it destructive? As you blow, is it prospering the purpose of God? Is it in the lines of vision? You know, for the more that God is doing in our lives this year, for the more that God sees for us, are we coming more and more into the rhythms of destiny? Are we simply blowing destructively? See friends, what I want to show you today is that we are 
greatly anointed and we are greatly equipped. This morning, if God would open your eyes to see that as believers, we are so loaded. The Bible says that God daily loads us with benefits. There's that sense of so much of God's working within us. We are high intensity people and that makes us so full of potential. There's great potential in our lives and I think maybe, maybe, maybe that should, maybe not necessarily scare us, but I think it should make us sober and reflective that there is such capacity. One day Jesus was walking with his disciples and, and one of them, like some guys were annoying them basically in Luke chapter uh, 19, no, not 19, somewhere there, somewhere in the Bible. And um, they, they were basically annoying, um, they were like rejecting Jesus and all of that. And then one of Jesus' disciples is like, Jesus, let's call down fire and just clear these guys. Like, what, what's wrong with them? And Jesus says these words, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. That there is such potential that we have that we maybe need to be sober. We are high intensity people. And that makes us so full of potential, but it also makes us so vulnerable. It's like an airplane that is flying and, and when that airplane takes off and boo, and it, it taxes and just takes off and, and it goes thousands of feet above sea level and it's flying so high and so fast and basically it is so full of potential. It can get you from one continent to the other in just a matter of hours but it is so vulnerable that a crash can be very fatal. We are high intensity people. See, let me say it to you this way. There are opportunities coming this year. There are big things God is doing. There are huge opportunities coming this year. But listen to me, opportunities can really make us or they can make a mess of us. Some people were fine while they were broke. Till they had some money to sponsor their foolishness. Some people were fine while they didn't have influence. Till they had platforms to express their foolishness. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Some people were fine while we hadn't heard their voice. And I'm saying that as God is bringing opportunities and all of that, it's a huge sound. But is it constructive? Or is it merely destructive? For all the increase and the grounds that God has for you this year, I'm asking that are, are you blowing in the rhythms of destiny or are you blowing destructively and I'll show you what I'm saying because when you look through scripture the very same place that's the point the same place the same opportunities the same working of God the same anointing the same marriage the same job the same school life the same thing gives you opportunity for wisdom or for foolishness Proverbs 9 is one of my favorite scriptures I know I say that a lot but today it's one of the favorite Proverbs 9 verse 3 it's, it's showing you a, a conversation basically between wisdom and foolishness and wisdom is speaking from verse 3 listen it says she has sent out her maiden speaking about wisdom she cries out from the highest places of the city please listen to where wisdom is crying from where, where's wisdom it's in the highest places of the city like if you get to the highest places of the city there is a cry of wisdom inviting you listen to verse 4 who is wisdom calling to whoever is simple let him turn in here and as for him who lacks understanding she says so wisdom's people are people that are simple and people that lack understanding you have the potential for wisdom in verse 5 she says come eat of my bread and drink of the wine i have mixed in other words wisdom is inviting you in a conversation of what you eat and of what you drink okay so it says in verse 6 forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding 
But just run down the chapter and get to verse 13 and let's listen to foolishness. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is, now this is foolishness personified. It's saying she's simple and knows nothing. Verse 14, for she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest places of the city. But that's where wisdom is. The Bible says foolishness also has a house where wisdom is. And then she says, she calls to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. Who is foolishness calling to? To the simple. And for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Foolishness is also calling to the simple and to those who lack understanding. It's also calling to a conversation of eating and of drinking in the same places where I have capacity to be wise. I also have capacity to be foolish in the same places where wisdom calls. Listen, foolishness also calls. The same school life can be an adventure of wisdom or foolishness. The same one-year NYC, you can blow constructively or destructively. The same marriage that you got in can call you to become the wisest person ever or the most foolish. Wisdom sits in the same place with foolishness. That's what I'm trying to show you this morning. The same opportunities that God is bringing into your life can either be responded to by the, by the sound of, hey, this is wisdom or this is foolishness. Lift up your right hand, everybody. Say, I have capacity to be wise. I know you won't like this, but I'll tell you to say it and say, I have capacity to be foolish. Therefore, I choose wisdom. You need to know that. You need to know that wisdom is a deliberate choice. It's an invitation. But you have capacity to be foolish. If today you say, ah, you have the capacity. You have the capacity. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You have capacity to be foolish. As you raise your children, you have capacity to be foolish. But you have capacity to be wise. So choose wisdom. Why does the Bible layer after layer invite you to say choose wisdom? Ah, you have to choose it too. Eh? You have capacity to be foolish. You start out a new season. Building that your relationship, you have capacity to be foolish. So choose wisdom. So, over the next 21 days, as we you know, just take the intentionality to seek God. There are five words that I would say that jump out at me this morning. And this is why we do this at the start of every year when we say we're seeking God. Man, because friends, we, we need God. We need, we need God. We are like on that launching pad and it gives us opportunity. There's so much God wants to do. But, but hey, I, I really need God in these seasons of my life. And as I start out a new season, I really need God. And there are five things that I would suggest to you that we can be thinking together about. When we know that men, we, we have capacity, the same opportunities in our life, we can creatively make them foolish choices or creatively make them wise choices. So the first thing that I would say to you this morning that I hope we'll be thinking about, that I'm really trusting God to do through this season of us seeking him. The first word is the word potential. And I would say that I need a bigger awareness and conviction of my potential in Christ. Uh, and that's one of the things I'm believing God for in this season. And I need a bigger awareness of my potential. Somebody say that word potential. Come and talk to me this morning. Say potential. I need a bigger awareness of my potential. 
I, I really need to know that like that space rocket that is on that launch pad, I really need to know that man, there's layers and layers that have been wired into you. Like there was so much work and there was so much science, there was so much research. Do you know that God is saying to you that before I formed you, I knew you. Before I framed you in your mother's womb, I, I knew you. I had ordained you as a prophet. I, I had worked wirings into you. I had done stuff. And do you see yourself like standing on a launch pad and God saying, man, there is potential in you. Do you see that when we got saved and we received the Holy Spirit, do you see that God has so much potential in us and I don't want to be that person going through this year with so much potential that can be launching me into space, but I'm just foot dragging around life because I don't even know what has been wired into me. One of the things that starts to happen as we start to seek God is that he starts to wake us up to a sound of potential. Listen to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. I love it in the Message Bible. I'll read from verse 15 this morning. Paul says, that's why when I heard of the solid trust that you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all Christians. He says uh, to all followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I think of you. I'll think of you and I'll just give thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask. I ask what am i asking god as the god of our master jesus christ the god of glory to make you intelligent and discerning somebody say i will be intelligent i will be discerning in knowing him personally your eyes focused and clear now watch this so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do so that you can grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Somebody said that includes me. Uh, no, you're not. I said it's a glorious way of life. Say that includes me. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Listen to this endless energy, boundless strength. You know what I'm believing is that over the next few days, God is going to be working such an eye-opening revelation to us. Man, if only you can see within endless energy, boundless strength, like that, like that space rocket standing on that launch pad. Man, there is energy here. There is boundless strength. There is more that God can do. I feel like God is going to open our eyes in, in a whole new way that in many ways over the next 21 days, many of us are going to be meeting ourselves. <laughs> we will be meeting ourselves. You've been going around just feeling so weak and overwhelmed by a call of destiny. You're feeling so weak and overwhelmed by what the things you need to do this year and the plans and the project. Man, in many ways this year, this season, you're going to meet yourself. Endless energy, boundless strength. I'm going to walk out on the other side feeling like, man, there's endless energy, boundless strength. There is potential within me. I don't want to be that space rocket standing on a launch pad thinking I'm just an Okada. Ha! Ah. Endless energy, boundless strength. Man, God is going to open your eyes to potential, I really believe. Second big word that I'll throw up this morning is purpose. Because I need a deeper awareness of purpose and of essence. See, I don't want to merely go through the motions. You see, anybody, if you read up about all this space launching thing, one thing that I found interesting is that everybody just working associated in some way, whether you're mopping the floor, whether you're doing, everybody just had that sense of what we're trying to do. We're trying to get a man on the moon. We're trying to launch something. We're trying to, there's just a sense of how random, isolated things are connected. And, and you know, the very same things that will ordinarily make you tired, you do it with such joy. You know why? There's a sense of purpose to it. The things that would ordinarily just 
make you feel overwhelmed. There's a, there's a, like a sense of fulfillment deep within. Why? Because you are living out of a space of purpose. And what I'm believing for in this season is that as we seek God, he's going to be aligning us with a sense of purpose. Listen to 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 26. Oh man, see what Paul says. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. Somebody say every step. I fight to win. I'm not just shadow boxing or playing around. What if this was the description of every day of your life this year? That man, every day I wake up, I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I fight to win. I'm not just shadow boxing or playing around. It's like whether it's May, whether it's June, whether it's August, I'm not playing around. I'm not. There's a sense of what I'm doing. Amen, anybody? Wouldn't you love that kind of life? Wouldn't you love something that my life is full of potential and so I'm connecting potential with purpose. I'm not allowing the devil to just, you know, hop me around and I'm just playing around and losing my energy and losing my passion, just, you know, dropping emotion here, there, 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 nothing really. I want to live every day with purpose in every step. And this is one of the things that happens as we start to seek God, that there is potential that our eyes are open to there's purpose that we come aware of you see when i when i say to you that the same capacity that you have can be constructive and destructive i'm thinking about jesus being tempted by the devil and the devil is saying man you're hungry turn this stone to bread and you see jesus had the ability to do it that's why it's a temptation he could do it and this is basically saying prove a point live for the wrong reasons do great things for the wrong reasons but Jesus is saying to the devil, no. And then down the line, we see Jesus use that same power to multiply bread, to feed thousands. And I'm saying that if we are not aligned with a sense of purpose, the same potential that we have will become destructive. We start using it for the wrong reasons. We start using it to serve self. We start using it to prove a point that we were never called to prove. Why win a race that the devil sets in front of you? What's the point to it? And so this year, more than ever before, I really want to have a sense of purpose to my life and my living. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want a sense of fulfillment that comes from a deep sense of purpose. The third thing that I'm going to say this morning is that is the third big word is positioning. Somebody say positioning. I really need a divine sense of positioning. I need God to be orchestrating my steps to the places, to the people, you know. I'm thinking about that space rocket with all the potential that it has. But you see, in that three, two, one moment, you know what makes it take off and what launches it in that sense of destiny is that it is on the right position. It is in a place it should be. There's all the working that comes together, but it's all about positioning. It's all about your steps being right. It's all about being in your place. It's all about us being able to get you. It doesn't matter how much you count down. It doesn't matter how much potential potential is there if that space rocket is not on its right launch it's never going to fulfill its plan and so today i want to say that what we really need is for god to be orchestrating our steps to the places to the people to the opportunities that are in tune with our potential and as we wait on god and one of the things i'm believing is happening is there is a divine position and it happens friends that suddenly god starts to open the right doors in front of you and close the wrong doors in front of you some of you really need some doors to close and i'll tell you why some doors that are open are simply distracting of the devil you are contemplating between 10 things because the devil is distracting you sometimes you need God to close nine and help you to focus on the one that he has called you to 
Listen, the potential in your life is not for everywhere. It's not for everything. It's for assignments. It's like I give you a cup of cold water and you have that blessing to offer. You see, if I give you a cup of cold water, like freezing good water, and then I put you in Kenya, all right, um, Nairobi, and they've just finished running Kenya annual marathon, 5,000 meters, and all the guys are sweating and, you know, burnt out and all of that, and you come with your cup of cold, you're like an angel. There's that sense of, wow, so good, and all of that, like, thank Thank you, like you saved my, you're a lifesaver. But even if you carry a drum of cold water, mm, carry buckets of cold water, and go to Russia, minus five degrees, and you say, I have buckets of water, you feel useless. Listen, the potential that God has given you is not for everything. And you need to start to pray and ask God to align you, to bring you to your place, to bring you. Some of you are putting in so much effort. You say relationships are not. Sometimes what you need is divine positioning. You are chasing customers all over the place for your business. Sometimes you don't need too many. You find the one. If the right door, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Not the ones you have been chasing, they're just distraction. Hundred of them together. It's not up to one call you get. You get what I'm trying to say? And when God orders your steps, some of you know that in life there are, there, are, there are people you met. Ah, and one meeting was equivalent to, to five on, do you get what I'm trying to say? One divine orchestrated. Ah, when God wants to bless a life, I still believe he brings people. I still believe. And when God wants to bless a life, when God is marking seasons, I still believe. And see friends, there are places God says to Jeremiah, arise and go to the house of the potter. I really need God to be telling me where to be. He says to Elijah, he says, go to the brook. There, there, there. There's a there. I've commanded the ravens. The ravens will not come to you. He said, go to the brook. The ravens have where they are flying to. Don't chase them. Come to the place where they are supposed to be. I've commanded the ravens to come. And there you will drink water. And then the Bible says at the point the brook dry. God said, now go to Sarefa. There I have commanded a widow to feed you. There's a place for a time. And I need God to be ordering my steps. To be, to be putting me where I should be. To be closing the doors that are merely distractions. To be opening the right doors. To be bringing me to my there with relation see i will put out effort i will work i will do all of that but there is something about working in your place ah that's the kind of life i want and i need that kind of positioning and i'll tell you the truth friends it comes as we start to seek god and we say god order my steps in your word order my steps put me in my place bring me to my own bring my own to me as we start to seek god listen to ephesians 2 and verse 10 for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which he predestined. He planned it beforehand for us. Listen to this. Taking parts which he prepared ahead of time. See, there's a pathway. The one you are, no, no, there's one that is prepared. And my prayer is God put me on my pathway. Taking parts which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. And as we do that, do you see this? Living the good life. Somebody say, I will live the good life. How do we live the good life? We are walking his pathways. He's prepared. But when I'm going to clear bush paths, where did not send me? Do you get what I'm trying to say this morning? Living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Yeah. Fourth thing this morning. Suman, I'm done. Fourth thing this morning. Fourth big word jumps up at me is the word purging purging as we seek God and as we take intentionality one more thing we need God to do is to purge us see there are things the higher you rise there are things that don't fit 
there are things that don't fit. To go up, you let go. There are things that God needs to start to purge you of for a new season and a new level of your life. In James chapter 4 verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Sometimes it's the sin, sometimes it's just the double-mindedness. It's just some, some ways of thinking that don't fit in a season of your life. It's the same thing in Hebrews 12 and verse 1. It's saying, therefore, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. So sometimes there are sins, but sometimes it's even just weights that we're carrying because weights will stop you from rising high. There are, there are levels you will aspire to. There are levels God will bring you to that we have to let go of some weights. And it's in the place of seeking God and of fasting and of praying and of just turning our hearts to God that I believe he starts to purge us and he starts to take away things that are just weighted. It says in Proverbs, it says, take away the dross from the silver and then it will be able to, to go to the silversmith. It can now make something great. It's something about purging away impurity, purging away what does not fit, purging away attitudes and minded and mindsets and sometimes things we are holding on to and God just giving you the power to release it and say, man, the levels I'm calling you to, you're going higher than that. The levels I'm calling you to and I'm launching you to just require that you're letting go of that. I was reading about guys who go to space and the truth about people who go to space is that there are things that are not allowed on space flights. Common items like salt and bread are banned. They're banned from the International Space Station due to, simple, because at that level, when you get to space, what can happen with bread is that, and salt is that they can send floating pieces everywhere. You know, things just float anyhow and potentially damage space equipment or accidentally get inhaled by astronauts. So they modify everything. They modify a way of life for a height, right? In fact, saw something interesting about how astronauts technically don't cry. They can't cry because one astronaut, Chris Hetfield, was saying, he says, your eyes make tears, but they stick as a liquid bomb. So you can get a watery substance to come out of your eyes, but it doesn't form like it does on the earth. It will just, yeah. <laughs> what I'm trying to show you is that it's a whole new level of life. You can't just eat anything, go with anything. There, there, there are ways that people are aspiring to heights and they start to say, man, I have to let go of things. And one of the things that happens in this season is that we're saying it's not just business as usual. We're saying, God, if there are things you need to take away for the sake of what you're bringing me into, if there are things that I need to let go of, if there are things that just don't fit in a new season of my life, it just doesn't fit for me to be behaving like in that low living and all of that. There are things that just don't fit. And we're giving ourselves to God and saying, God, purge us so that we can float in the seasons that you call us to. Let me tell you one more. By the way, also, alcohol is banned on space flights. Alcohol, because, listen, it might affect the astronaut's brain and their behavior, leaving them without mental clarity to make smart decisions. That there's a level of height that you need smart decision. They say, don't drink. It's okay. <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you one more and I'll land. One more, one more big word that jumps at me in this season is the word propelling. Propelling. I need a propelling. I need a propelling. I need a propelling. And I'm thinking about that moment where this space rocket is positioned on that launch pad 
and there's a countdown and there's expectation. Everybody surrounds it. And I put up that picture because I really want that picture to be ringing in your mind about the potential that God has loaded you with and all that God has positioned and all of that and the purpose that God has for your life. And in that moment, you know, there's potential and all of that. And at that point, you know what? I need a push. I need a launching. I need, I need God to be releasing me and be propelling me into the spaces that he calls me to. And if anything, this year, I want it to be more than just a year of our I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know you can, but you better be doing some things in the name of Jesus. You better be saying, I'm getting my hands on the plow. I know that there is so much potential in our lives, but I want this to be a year where I'm saying I'm in the conversations, I'm in the front line of destiny, I'm in the front lines of the places that God calls me to. I don't just want another year of men. There is potential in me. I am anointed and I am appointed. I know you are, but I want to see you living in the rhythms of the calling of God. I want to see you standing in the front lines of what God calls you to do. I want to see us launching into big spaces of destiny, launching into the, into the heights of destiny that God calls us to. I don't want this to be a year of low living with great potential. Great potential, but small living. Great potential, but struggling with all the baseline things and, you know, just going and coming. I don't want this to be a year of living cold and passionless and nothing moves you, dragging your feet to church and, you know, just going through motions. I want this to be a year where I feel like I'm full of passion. I'm full of strength. I am launched. I'm living on the front lanes. I said to you last week that the burden to die empty must be a burden to live for. And if I would ever die empty and say, man, I've lived that life. Hey, that life, we killed it before it killed us. We killed it. Then I must live for the only way. And, and that's the life I want. So what's going to change? Sometimes I want to ask people, you're going through the same motions that you went through. So what is changing? They're just hoping that somehow things will change. When would you? When would you? I feel like saying to people in the most polite way, you are getting old. When will you take a grip on this life? When will you take a grip on your marriage and on your family? When will you take a grip and say, man, there's more potential than what we're living. I really think I need to do something intentional here. When will you take a grip? When will you take a grip? Your mind is floating over all the terrible things the devil is just playing in your mind. When will you take a grip and say, I will seek God? When will you take a grip and come to God and say, God, purge me. God, purge me. Cleanse my hands and my heart. God, purge me. Make me the kind of person that hears sounds of destiny. Not just sounds of what they are saying on Instagram. Make me the kind of person that my vibe, my vibe, my heart beats at a frequency of heaven. Not just at a frequency of the economy. Are you hearing me? Make me the kind of person that is in tune. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I want to live my life led by the Spirit. Orchestrated. My steps aligned by the Spirit of God. What is going to change? When are you going to to seek God. Say, God, I want something. I remember the day. I will never forget. The day that I said, my mind is messed up. It's, it was messed up. I'm looking at somebody like the things I'm doing. Better Before you say hello to me, I've done everything. <laughs> and I said, you know, I, but you come around people, you smile. Oh, you're shy. I know why I'm shy. Uh, you know. I remember the day I said, wait. I've been carrying this Bible around. They say this thing is the word of God. And I'm carrying around, so they say this thing has potential. And I'm carrying around this life that is messed up. I say, is either this thing is true? It's 
either it's true or there's no point doing it. And I remember sitting down and taking God's word and starting. Starting a season of my life. I will read this Bible. If this thing changes lives, it will change my life. And I begin to read and read and sleep off and then wake up and continue. It's okay. And read and read and read and read. And then suddenly I'm saying, man, when did my thinking change? Like, when did I stop thinking about it? I, I can't even remember. I, I don't even know. All I know is line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Transformation. We are with unveiled, unveiled face beholding us in the mirror of the glory of God. We are being changed into that same image. We cannot they go from strength to strength. Each one of them who appears before God in Zion. We cannot be coming before God looking at him and staying the same. For with you is a fountain of life. And in your light, we say light. Why would I go around darkness everywhere clogging my mind? At some point, I need to come before God and say, I need a divine encounter. I need the kind of thing that only God can do. I need something more than just news headlines and living for their fears, calling a conspiracy what they call a conspiracy. I need something more. I need what only God can make happen. It's a process. It's not a switch. It's a process. It's a direction that we choose. We're choosing to be a kind of people who say that the rhythms and the sounds of our lives are propelled by motions of destiny and of heaven. There's opportunity, there's potential. We will blow. But whether that blowing will be destructive or will be blowing us into the spaces that God calls us to, we're the ones that will choose. Are you hearing me today? We're the ones that will choose. Whether, whether the opportunities God is bringing into your life this, this year will be new opportunities for you to do foolish things or will be new influence for you to mislead people or will be new leadership for you to destroy other people's lives or will be new children for you to ruin their lives, you will choose. But I choose to be the kind of person who says, I know I have capacity to be foolish. But I'm grateful. I also have capacity to be wise. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him call upon God. Who gives liberally? So I will come and I will say, God, give me wisdom. That's, I'm seeking God. I'm seeking God. Ezra chapter 8 verse 21. There we proclaim the fast by the river Ahava. That we might humble ourselves before God and seek of him a right way for us and for our children and for all our possessions. We need that kind of seeking. It says, God, order our steps. Let this year not just be another same, same, same. That's what I tell you. I told you last week. Seasons. Gosh, my time is up. Tim, come. Because this one now, I'm not on notes. I'm just talking. So you better quickly come. <laughs> I told you last week, seasons in life are not measured by calendar dates. Eh? If 2023 will be different, it's not that we cross over. It's not the word for the year. Listen. It's that you will seek God and create difference. That's what will make difference. So make a difference. You have been collecting what for the year for how many years now? You say it's our year of joy and you are depressed. And you know. <laughs> it's our year of plenty. You are broke. You know. You know. Let's be honest. Don't, it's not, don't just do church line. They say you said it. You said it. But you know. Between me and you, we both know. Eh? We both know. So what will make the difference? Do you want to just play God games? Do you want to play God games? You're a young person. You can't fast. You say, oh, I'm not into fasting things. What do you want to do? You want to be playing God games. Jesus said that when the bridegroom goes, they will fast. That's what Jesus said. If Jesus said we should fast, we'll fast too. Hmm? We'll fast. <laughs> so I don't know what you want. You're a young person. You say, ah. <laughs> don't you want to live this life to potential? Hey, don't you want to be a good steward of the life that God has given you? 
Don't you want to see God do great things in your life? Don't you want to see the potential of heaven in your life? Like, it's not for special people. It's not. It's not. I am deeply convinced. I'm of the theological persuasion. Deeply convinced that by what God has done in my life, I'm deeply convinced and of the theological persuasion that God can use a goat. Because I just realized that if it's foolishness, I'm foolish enough. But by just turning to God, He does what only He can do. It's not us. We're not strong. We're not, eh? We're not special. We just turn to God. I've struggled. Ah, I've, I haven't contemplated suicide in my struggle with addictions and all. I didn't plan suicide. But I started to understand why people commit suicide. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I started to say, uh, you know, initially you see some guy, you say, why now? Then later you say, oh, I see the point. <laughs> Struggled. I've been hopeless. But I'm not there now, by the way. In case you say, are you dealing with hopelessness? I'm not there. <laughs> by the grace of God, I'm living the good life. Because of the power of his word, of the Holy Spirit, just comes and does what only God can do. Don't waste your life. Don't be 40. Then you now start saying, ah, one day I was at a bookshop. One guy now came in, old man. Now said, please, do you have millionaire at 30? Uh-uh. I said, for who? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like, my late now. Don't be... Don't be 40 and start reading books you should have read when you were 10. Do you think of what I'm trying to say? Don't waste your life. Seasons are not equal in value. Opportunities are not equal in value. One hour is not equal to one hour. Hmm? I'll tell you what I'm saying. When you're in your 20s, teenager, 20s, early, a, an hour can be very constructive. There's a stage you get to in life where you offer 10 hours, but it can only be repairing what you have already destroyed. So if there were things I did as a young man that I sometimes 15 minutes every day. I remember when I was ready to leave school and they were asking questions that people had answers that you have. Ah, you know when <laughs> you know, you know, you know when you're about when, when they say we're about graduating and then sorry I came down so I'll stop. What, what, what is to happen? Okay, we're to pray. Host, be distributing cards. Host, host, thank you. I came down so I'll stop, but the talk is sweeting me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm already nine minutes over time. Thank you. So just hold on to one as it pushes around. Everybody online, there would be instructions about how you can do that. These are search cards. We do this so that we can set some intentionality. So, so while you do that, I was saying that um, I remember when I was leaving school and you know, I had the privilege of life in school, of schooling at the Upper Femme Olo University, Ileife. Fantastic. This is the point. You people are to be clapping now. You are living, 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 living. Fantastic. Good stuff. So I, I remember that we were about living. And you know when you're sitting down with some of your classmates, and then you say, where have you been 10 years? And then somebody says, oh, by 10 years' time, I'm going to be one of the directors at the United Nations. Ah, ah. I mean, I didn't know. Ah, eh, ah. 
So you say, without tire, you'll not be thinking that. I want to say that God told me that this, this, this. In fact, somebody told me one time, she said that, um, that in fact, her wedding date is fixed. The, the venue is fixed. This is fixed. That is fixed. That is fixed. That she wanted me to be the MC at her wedding. That, that was what she was trying to book. That the only thing that is not yet fixed is the husband. How do you do these things? Like she even knows the color of the husband wear, but she just doesn't know who the person is. You know, stuff like that. I really... But I remember that, you know, we'd sit down and people would be saying great things and all of that, not taking anything away. But I remember in those moments deciding, I had a place, Cricket Pavilion, I would go every evening. And sometimes five minutes, ten minutes, honestly, sometimes not more than that. But there was an intentionality. I would go there every evening and basically be saying to God that I believe that my future is in your hands. I believe that you know the way, you know the thoughts that you think towards me. I believe. So I trust my future in your hands. And then I would go home. I didn't always wake up knowing something new, but I woke up with a new trust. I woke up with a new confidence, with a new dependence. I really believe that just that intentionality, there's an alignment taking place, there's a position and there is this orchestration taking place. And I really feel that people are in seasons of their lives where they really need to just be implicating God in their story implicating God in your story don't do business as usual don't just run with the crowd let's seek God let this be a season where we would seek God so what you have in your hands I believe it's gone around is a search card we did it in first service what we're going to do we have this uh, this place is going to be for us like a launch pad and so we're going to fill out requests as we seek God we like to put some deliberateness to it Write out things. Write out people you are believing to see saved. That's very important as a Christian. To be believing for the salvation of loved ones, of family, people that don't know Jesus. Say, I'm not the kind of person that judges people. You're not judging. You just love them enough to want them to encounter Jesus. Write their names. Write out things that you're believing God for as we wait on him, as we seek him. And then you're going to keep one for yourself. Something you can keep in focus and be praying about. And then we're going to put one on these tables. And we're going to start to pray from this morning. We started out in first service. We're going to start to pray. We're going to be believing God for miracles. Over the next 21 days, people are going to be gathering, praying over these requests. We're going to be praying for God to just do what only He can do. And I'm believing it's going to be that kind of season for us. This is always a significant moment for me every year. So I filled out mine in first service and have on the table already. So just fill it out. And... Um, the hosts would then start to just push around and get it. Everybody online, there is, I believe they're already sharing it with you, how you can fill it, and you can already be sending emails to prayer at sycamore.church, and then we're going to print it out and just add it here. What I'm believing, God, over the next 21 days is that this place is going to be a launch pad, a launch pad, a launch pad. Potential is going to be stirred up alignment, positioning, purpose, passion is going to be woken up and, you know, there's just going to be a propelling of a God sense in our lives. So fill it out. If you have it already, as we start to sing, you can bring it forward if you're close enough or you can just push it to any of the baskets to host around and then we're going to pray together this morning. Awesome. What song are you saying?
together can I ask the church to, can I ask the church to stand let's stand together and everybody where you are would you stretch out your hands let's, let's call this an altar this morning stretch out your hands everybody who has faith for miracles in this season who has faith for come on who has faith this morning who has faith to do for God, for God to do what only he can do in lives and situations see there's so much represented here there are families represented here there are situations there are loved ones there is there's there's what only god can do on this place right now and we're going to pray everybody online your requests right there just send them in we're going to pray together and over the next few days we're going to be praying as a church but let's start it out this morning would you lift your voice everybody and let's pray this morning and let's say god do what only you can do god we turn our eyes to you god we turn our attention to you god we seek you this morning god and we pray god for a sound of miracles in the place where people are needy in the place lord where people are longing father we pray for a sound of miracles we pray for heaven to come near to your people god in the name of jesus oh god let our loved ones be saved let loved ones be saved god let our friends be saved god lord oh god touch hearts turn situations around in the name of Jesus, we call upon heaven today. We speak the name of Jesus upon every single request, upon every single situation, God. Father, change lives, change situations, change people, God. In the name of Jesus, God, let this be a time of heaven invading the earth. Let this be a time, God, of a bursting forth of new wine. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, God. Now to you who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or imagine, to you be glory in your church forever. And everybody said amen. Has it, has it done all that he can do? So my head's raised high and I'll trust you. That's the God I serve. He's doing something new and in Jesus' name. He will see it through. Has it, has it stand for a moment before we sit this morning before we close service I want to make an invitation to somebody 
um, who would say to me this morning, you know what, I see it all happening and I just feel like it's happening over my head. I can't boldly say that I'm in the right place with God. You've never been born again. Maybe at some point in your life you had made that kind of a decision, but as we speak today, you know that you're far away. You've walked away, made poor choices. You know this morning that you're needing of forgiveness that only Jesus can give. The good news is that he's willing. He's more than willing to say, come. And he would forgive you. He would wash you clean. And this will be a whole new beginning for you. Every week we pray for you. We pray for people like you to encounter Jesus. And if you're under the sound of my voice today and you're saying, man, I know it. I know it. I need Jesus. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's that simple. As you say these words, you are reconnecting yourself to a God who loves you, who has done everything so that you can choose him. I don't know who you are or how you came to be in church this morning, but Jesus knows you. He knows your worst, but he invites you to his best. And so I'm asking everybody to stand so we can honor your decision today. But if you say you are speaking to me, I am not in the right place with God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, everybody online, let everybody be able to speak for themselves this morning. I'm not in the right place with God. I need to be made right with God. I'm going to count to three where you are. Put your hand on your chest. Let him see you. Let him know that you're making that choice today. Are you ready? One, two, three. Put your hand on your chest this morning. God sees you and he knows you. God bless you. God bless you. Everybody in the room making that decision. God bless you. Thank you for your sincerity. And I also believe there are people online this morning. That's a miracle happening in your life. Thank you. What a way to start the year. So if your hands in your chest, you know what? This is a family of the crowd. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But everybody's going to join in. We want to identify with you. But say these words with boldness, knowing that God hears your, your words this morning. Are you ready? Everybody, let's say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. Say today, I boldly confess Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. Say, please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. Say, wipe me clean. Forgive my failures. Say, today, I choose Jesus. I will follow him for the rest of my life. And one day, I'll be with him in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Congratulations to everybody who prayed that prayer this morning. A miracle just happened in your life. And guess what? We are so proud of you. It's such a beautiful thing that you did to choose Jesus this morning. Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you pray that prayer at the end, we are so excited about your decision for Jesus and we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him. So please let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There you also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.